It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Feckin' Check-In, Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. Show. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Feckin' Check-In. My name is Trainer, and with me, as always, is my co-host Toomey. And for once, we're recording this episode on a Saturday evening. It's uh, 19.30 uh, at the moment here, and it's Saturday the 3rd of October. Um, so this is unusual for us, Toomey. Yeah, exactly 19.30. It's a nice round figure to, to start with. And uh, episode 25, that kind of crept up on us, didn't it? Yeah, that seems like a nice milestone as well. Increments of five are more pleasing. <laughs> yeah, 24 was completely meaningless, but 25, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that that's means something. something. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it, that increments of five and multiples of 10 are uh, more pleasing than uh, something like 83. Yeah, like 25 just feels loads, like, yeah. or 30 feels loads. 35 probably doesn't mean anything. When we get to 40, we'll probably be like, oh, 40, oh, oh. And then 45 won't mean anything, but 50 then will. Yeah, actually, some 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 uh, multiples of five are meaningless, but 25 is definitely one of the more meaningful ones. Yeah. But do, does 25 represent something, actually? I just feel like it. Oh, that Silver ju- Jubilee um, marriage, isn't it? 25. Well, well you're, you're mixing up a couple of things here. So the, the Jubilee is a celebration of how long a monarch has been in power. All right, <laughs> so like that, the Queen of England had like a silver jubilee and that type of thing. I don't know. I think they might celebrate, but it's, a, it's a, a silver wedding as well. Maybe, yeah, I think it is silver wedding, silver oh. jubilee wedding anniversary. I'm going to Google that now live. All right, Google it there. Oh, I think the jubilee is to do with monarchy, though. So I'm just going to Google silver jubilee. See what comes up. Oh, Silver Jubilee marks a 25th anniversary. The anniversary celebrations can be of a wedding anniversary, the 25th year of a monarch's reign, or anything that has completed a 25-year mark. Well, I stand corrected. Good good Googling there. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was a weird laugh. It was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I've only ever heard Jubilee in, in conjunction with the, the monarchy, but yeah, that's fair enough. Cool, great. You have accepted that. Uh, how are you doing? You are... Uh, into episode four of the feckin metal i believe episode three or episode four four just went up uh and five is going to go up on friday um so we're actually recording this now on a saturday so it means what i say now won't be out of date for once because usually it is i did episode four with jerry mulholland of rabbit bitch in the north that went very well i was very happy with it and i tried some new editing techniques in it stuff that you've been doing for a long time but i haven't been doing like musical interludes and i did a cold open and a cold close uh, which I will perfect later on in future episodes, but I basically introduced the episode and then went to the interview and then closed the episode. And I think that's a nice format. I was talking to you back and forth about it. So that worked well, I thought. Um, and I've got uh, Jarvis Leatherby from Night Demon coming up on Friday. So that should be a good episode as well. Um, and hopefully that leads to more. He's a very well-connected person. So I've, I've set uh, wheels in motion for future guests through him and his connection. So we'll see if anything comes of that. Hopefully it does. Excellent, excellent. And... This is the Feckin' Check-In, the show about funny observations, entertainment, culture, and kernels of truth together. That makes Feck. And I'm going to go for a little bit of a twist here because you were talking about your podcasting and editing slightly. Um, I want to talk about the E first. And will you, trainer, let the listener know what the E is for this week? Entertainment. 
I will indeed. Curveball aside, let's launch straight into the E. Uh, so the E is for PC. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> PCE. Uh, so yes, you have a, a friend who's uh, very technologically aware and is up to speed with all of the latest technology advancements and knows a shit about computers, basically. To put it in layman's terms, that's Richard Cody. Uh, I'm sure he's been mentioned on the show previously. Correct. And um, I was considering buying a new laptop because I've been trying to edit feckin' metal recently and my laptop is seven years old and it just doesn't have enough power in it to do that. Uh, it doesn't have enough RAM and uh, CPU power or whatever. It's, it just it crashes on me a lot. It takes me hours to edit an episode. If I try to do anything fancy like denoise the episode or if I wanted to do fading in and out of a, of a piece of music or any, any of the little flourishes that you can apply in FL Studio rather than just basic cutting and inserting of, of audio your laptop just said no when yeah, you're trying like to denoise it <laughs> it's like um i'm too old for this shit like uh danny glover in lethal weapon three and four um yeah so it's uh it's it's seen better days and it's it's just not up to the task so i was thinking of buying a new laptop and i've been staunchly in the laptop camp for a long time for some reason and you were kind of chipping away at me to get a pc a desktop and i was just for some reason i was stubbornly saying no i don't want a desktop i don't want a desktop and then you eventually just uh said to me uh what's your budget and i said oh, about a grand like i'd say spend a grand and i know you have to spend a lot of money to get something decent and uh you pr- created a, a whatsapp group with me and richard cody and you're like interestingly richard what kind of uh desktop pc could trainer get for the same budget and uh, <laughs> he went into the, the specifics of how much better it would be if i got a desktop and then i was convinced at that point i was like oh fuck it i don't know why i'm being stubborn about this at all one, th- one thing in my head was like portability but portability is probably the least important uh, aspect of what i want a new computer for um and i can still use my laptop for portability it works fine if i want to log into my work or whatever like if i was staying over in the lanes or something i can still bring over the laptop it's no big deal uh well, I don't need the, the PC to be portable. So we got Richard Cody to build me a PC from scratch, ordered all the components online individually, uh, sourced out excellent prices, gave me options of three different like processors, three different graphics cards, different mouses or mice, yeah. uh, all of this stuff. In, it was, in, in, it was like, mind-blowing um, for you, I thought. At the time. <laughs> yeah, in layman's terms, he explained it all in plain English to me, the differences between them. And it was unbelievable. Like, uh, you, like it was an excellent service <laughs> provided <laughs> yeah. by by richard cody and uh it's been a joy to uh it was done and dusted in eight days i made the decision that i wanted to buy a pc and within eight days i had the pc in my house built from scratch and uh, physically present in my apartment so it was Mm. great yeah it opened up a world of opportunity uh i just wanted to bring up one point about it it was the stubbornness about the laptop and i had that before i talked to richard cody as well so it was it was back in 2013 that's when i switched over to a desktop and i was exactly the same as you i was like why, why would you get a desktop desktops are old i i want a laptop you can move a laptop around your house i don't know what i just was really really uh stuck on a laptop but yeah like with a pc you, you get a, a much bigger monitor you get to design the individual components uh there's much more power you get much more power for the amount of money you spend you can upgrade it every couple of years and all the laptop has over that is when you can move it around. <laughs> yeah, that's it exactly. <laughs> but I don't, I never moved the laptop anyway. The laptop stays in my house all of the time. If well, that's what I was thinking at the time. And it's a weird one because I think that if you look at our friends anyway, I would say eighty percent of them probably have a laptop. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't know anyone who has a PC. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Um, so I do move my laptop around. But when I say that, I move it from the kitchen table to down on the floor beside the TV so I can hook it up via HDMI cable so I can watch streaming stuff like wrestling mainly not netflix whatever stuff that doesn't have apps on my smart tv or whatever and um that's fine but i could do that with the desktop if i wanted to i don't need to but i could i could just physically pick it up and hook it up via hdmi cable well there's an easier way to do this just have a long hdmi cable going from your uh, tv to your desktop it's in the same room isn't it it will be yeah and exactly there's so many options like yeah then then just bring over your uh wireless keyboard and your wireless mouse then you don't that's all you have to bring over then exactly yeah so like there's so many options and portability is just redundant really and obviously this is the e for entertainment so it opens up the idea of online gaming which we've kind of talked about on a few episodes of the feck and check-in and it's something i'd like to try and get into you know not on a massive level but i'd love i'd love to have the uh option to be able to do it and even to play like some older games that i used to play when i was younger but also to play current modern games like tekken 7 with you and richard cody uh, from the comfort of our own homes and i'll be able to do all of that now with this new desktop pc if i had about a laptop i would have to sacrifice a lot of what i wanted um really for, and spent the same money on it basically you wouldn't be able to play the same games with the same power and the same graphics and all of that um so yeah. like and because pc games are very very good now like it means that it's not as urgent for you to buy like a playstation 5 which you you talked about before you may still want to get one but if you had a laptop if you bought a new laptop you would definitely prioritize buying it but now at least you have the option yeah i I still think i might get one do you know what i've never had a console when it was new ever in my life before i've never been on like the cutting edge of new consoles yeah i think what's really going to happen here is is a couple of things uh i'm going to transform my bedroom into uh, a man cave if you, you're, if you you're really <laughs> being converted haven't you i have so, yeah and it's you've been a huge influence on this but i'm gonna buy a desk and i'm gonna buy a proper office type chair um that you know would support my back uh, because i've been sitting in kitchen chairs for since march now and it's it's not doing my back any good uh and then i'm gonna basically put the, the desktop on the desk i have my large monitor from the um from the pc uh, and then I'll have a PS5 hopefully when that comes out and I'm just going to like make my room a place where I want to be and can enjoy myself as well like uh, not in a creepy way <laughs> <laughs> but like that that's something of like when you had that set up in Southampton it, it was brilliant and like I don't yeah. have the same space um, but I, I could still achieve a version of it and it's something I'd like to do and like I have the means to do it now why not do it and I, I, I'd love to be on the cutting edge of like the PlayStation 5 and just have like a couple of the latest games or whatever and get into them as they were current. I've never really done that before. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. So so currently your kind of work from home office space is in the kitchen. Is Are you intending to move that into your bedroom? Eventually, yeah. So I've been experimenting with uh, moving my bed into different locations. So my bed currently is in like a traditional place. It's in the middle of the room, but there's space to the right and space to the left that's dead space that's not used. So if I shove my bed into the corner of the room, it opens up so much space in the room. You could fit a fucking sofa in there. You could fit a desk. You could fit a chair. Uh, it's a decent sized room. like, mm. And uh, I have all of those options available to me. I just need to buy a couple of bits of furniture. That's really it. Brilliant. Brilliant. And um, do you think, have you thought about, like, would that mean you would be spending a lot more time in your room? Or is that a, a concern? Or I mean, just like what I mean by that is like socially with housemates or things like that. I don't know. Uh, 
Yeah, it does probably mean that. But at the same time, like I'm sharing with my flatmate, uh, she's not here at the moment. She's off visit- visiting family and has been for a while. Um, But like we've been told by our job to expect to be in lockdown for another six to nine months. Yeah. Or sorry, not yeah. to be in lockdown. Sorry, but to, to expect to Work be working from home. from home for another six to, to nine months. My logic is I might as well make my area that I live in as comfortable and enjoyable and have as many entertainment options as I possibly can. Why not? I'm going to be spending a lot of fucking time there. Yeah, the sitting room, I'll still go into it. <laughs> you still use it, yeah. I'll still be sociable with my housemate. <laughs> uh, but, like, I like the the option. The option to do what you want. And, like, when you're sharing with uh, uh, an apartment with somebody, you don't always want to be around each other either. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but, like, you do want to spend time away from the other person on your own. And when there's a shared living room or sitting room situation... That can't, you know, always be achieved exactly. So it's, it's. I think it's a good to have the, both of the options there. Like, yeah, especially if, like, let's say you wanted to watch something on your laptop, and your housemate wanted to watch something on the TV. I've been in sort of shared, ex- like, house living experiences where, um, you would then be on the laptop with maybe your headphones sitting on the couch, while uh, the other yeah. person is watching the TV, and it's just, it's not comfortable. Yeah, and I I know Maya does that a lot at the moment as well. She goes into her room and watches shit on her laptop, and that's fine. Like, but uh, I, like she shouldn't have to either. Like, if I if I had that setup, then we'd be we'd be sorted. You know, <laughs> it would create more options and more choice, basically. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Right then, so we started with the E. I assume we're going on to the F now, and then we're going to do C and K. Yeah, why not? Feck it. <laughs> Correct. We've um, never actually uh, milked that sort of gag before. No, that's a, it's unique that we've... Not unique. It's unusual that Peculiar. we've waited until episode 25 to do that. Yeah. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because I don't usually use the word feck, if I'm completely honest. <laughs> I never use it. <laughs> <laughs> How did we end up with that? I, I know I made an acronym, but I don't know. Well, it was when we were doing the Twitch live stream and you were you were uh, playing Tekken yeah. and you said feckin' Tekken. Oh, yes, because uh, it rhymed with Tekken. Mm. Yeah, and then In we fairness, it, It's a great name and it's gotten great uh, responses from people like guests or potential guests. They're like, how could I not come on an episode called the feckin' Tekken or whatever? Yeah, like, so it's, um, it it's immediately, like the, immediately like tells it. people it's Irish and Irish humor. I That's think. it, and that's what you want. You want the Irish thing out there, but not like you know like an actual irish word or something like that the irish check-in <laughs> yeah. australia sorry am i slagging my own country there absolutely absolutely Go All on, right, so f. f um okay let's go on to f this was this was your choice but uh yeah so to me lead us out on what the f is for this week please yeah funny observation is to do with uh, exercising outdoors and making a spectacle of yourself but i want to start off with a specific observation about skipping so in the last three or four months i've really gotten into skipping um it's a great exercise it's very intense exercise so you can do 20 minutes and you can burn a lot of calories and it's fun to do the, the moves and stuff and you get your heart rate up and stuff and it's great um but unfortunately you have to do the skipping outside it's not an indoor thing because it makes too much noise especially in an apartment block and the rope hits off the ceilings and stuff so you have to do it outside and where i live in sandy Mount, there's not many private places where you can do it like 
without people of some sort seeing you. Um, people of some sort. <laughs> people of some sort. So, and it's not a inconspicuous type of exercise. It's a look at me, I'm skipping type of exercise. Uh, so it's a bit uncomfortable. So to, in order to skip every day when I skip, I have to break through that barrier of worrying that people are going to be looking at me. And then secondly, uh, it's a repetitive exercise. So you, I find I need music. The two things I need, I need music and a timer. So music to keep me entertained and then the timer like to, to let me know when the interval will stop. So usually I do intense skipping for a minute and then stop for 15 seconds and then like do it intervals like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So there's, there's two sounds and you can't really wear headphones, because, even the in-ear ones, because your 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 head is bopping up and down so vigorously that you have to stop like every so often to push back in the, the in-ear headphones. So you're left with this situation where I'm out, it's conspicuous to everybody, like a notice box, uh, an old phrase that was used when we were growing up. Um, <laughs> by Liz actually <laughs> like a, a notice box uh, and with loud music playing as well um, so I've come to terms with that that I am a notice box when I'm skipping and I I do have loud, loud uh, music well it's not loud it's just my phone it's my phone but uh, what happens is the noise from your phone can travel a lot further than you would think so, my, so I'm playing my phone like a speaker so I've deliberately tried to go places where I wouldn't disturb other people. So I went to the back of my apartment block and went, so my apartment block is like a big cube. Uh, and I went to the corner of the apartment block building because I thought that's the place where I'm least likely to be seen from people looking out their windows yeah. and the uh, sound from the music and stuff won't travel that far. Um, so that's why I, I had this specific spot on the corner just outside the building. So I was trying to, you know, I thought everything was fine. The first issue was that the music was actually traveling up really far across the apartment building. So I just had it on my phone. It wasn't that loud. But Liz reported from the opposite side of the building that you could hear my music and my timer and everything. So every time I went out skipping, I was potentially disturbing <laughs> the whole apartment block. Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> but I, I reconciled it with myself that I'm only out there for 20 minutes. It's during the day. It's not early in the morning. It's not late at night. So I thought I'm, I'm grand with this. So I've been continuing on with that for three months and I thought everything was fine. Then I walked down there one day with my skipping rope in hand, my phone all ready to, to get set up. And what do I see? <laughs> I oh, see no. dog shit <laughs> smeared in the exact, well, not smeared, but dog shit in the exact area where I skip. The exact okay. area, nowhere else in the car park. The exact area. It was dried dog shit as well, as if it it had been there for a while and it dried. So I guess my question to Liz was, do you think somebody deliberately put that there? And I'm paranoid that they did put the dog shit there where I skip. And first of all, I can't skip there anymore because there's dog shit there. Um, and secondly, I'm paranoid about skipping there because maybe I disturbed the people so much so that they decided to leave dog shit there. So now I've had to find different places out on the the street with people walking by. There's uh, out where there's traffic. Like there's nowhere to privately skip. Um, <laughs> so so there's nowhere to privately skip. There's nowhere to privately skip. First world problems. Yeah. <laughs> there's just nowhere to privately skip, and it's such a notice box activity with the music and oh. Okay, hold on. But I love okay. it. So a couple of questions there. What's a notice box? I've never heard this before. 
it's a it's a phrase uh, Liz uh, brought to my attention that that used to be said uh, when she was young and when she grew up in uh, um, Fur House. And I'm okay. just going to Google it here now. And I can hear you typing away there. Uh, actually, I'm not seeing anything coming up on, on Google. Mm. Oh, I'm seeing it here now. Uh, notice box Irish, one who is keen to attract attention. And apparently it was originated in 1996. In Furhouse. <laughs> <laughs> By Fur Liz. Dublin. Uh, you've never heard that expression? Never in my life, no. Uh, okay. Oh, just that's oh, just interesting. Anyway, another point was, are you in a courtyard situation where you're skipping? Are there buildings all around you in a square or are you around the back of a complex? Uh, the latter. Okay, okay, that's fair enough. Because I, I just noticed when people go out and I, I like have a courtyard that is adjacent to my window in my apartment, in my bedroom, sorry. And uh, if anyone does any activity out there, everyone can fucking hear it because the noise reverberates off the four walls. Like, so that's good really que- infuriating. Good question. Uh, and, I mean, good point. Do, is the courtyard designed for people to hang out? Like, is there oh, yeah. green there's areas a, and stuff? There's a communal area, right? But, this is a side point here, sorry, but... Because of the nature of how sound travels, like if people go out on their balcony and have a phone, uh, a phone call, um, it you can hear it, the shit out of it because <laughs> it's reverberating into a courtyard of concrete. So, for yeah. example, one of my neighbours to the left of me has to have all of his phone calls on speakerphone on the balcony for some reason. I don't know why. And he speaks very loudly as well. Um, and this is infuriating. And uh, then his, his, his partner or housemate, I'm going to guess it's his partner, has somehow started doing this as well. So she goes out and has all of her phone calls on loudspeaker uh, on the balcony reverberating off the courtyard as well. Um, So that's mildly irksome too. Runs in the (laughs) family. Anyway, anyway, sorry. And then the third part I wanted to mention is, yeah, um, somebody has defaced your skipping area with shit, potentially. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) A filthy protest. Yeah. And I looked around, there was no shit anywhere else and this is like a car park so it's unusual for a dog to just go out and shit in that exact area and then when was the last time you skipped there because you said it was dried shit so that would take a long time to dry probably i would say probably about three days okay so a dog didn't shit there and it hasn't dried to that extent in the period of three days yeah (laughs) so somebody's put it there (laughs) you heard it here first on the feckin check-in who is it okay (laughs) I have my suspicions. Oh, really? Paranoid suspicions about (laughs) apartment complexes are great. I love them. (laughs) There's one neighbor on the the bottom, and it's literally because it's the corner of the building. It's right outside her apartment. I haven't seen a dog there. Actually, I've seen a visiting dog from family members because I've been skipping (laughs) there so often that I've been kind of... (laughs) privy to what's going on in there a visiting dog <laughs> but she did come out the neighbor and was very nice and said we, oh we all should be skipping it's much better than going to the gym so i don't know if it was her but it could be anyone it could be any of i'd say about six about 60 apartments she's bullshitting you to me <laughs> she's keeping her friends close and her enemies closer <laughs> i think i i only have one option and that's to smear shit all over her all over her back door that is your only option really at this juncture um that's funny yeah. though i i have to say if somebody was out skipping i'd be really annoyed by them and with music playing yeah with music playing sorry like that would that would have bothered me like if somebody plays music on their phone on the bus i'm kind of like turn the fucking thing off like or just put your earphones in now you've mentioned you can't put your earphones in but like is there absolutely no solution could you not like 
put a head headband on and tape your earphones around your ears like or something yeah i could do that i just wasn't sure to the extent that it was annoying people like i guess i was saying to myself in my head i'm doing this at like 4 43 and like how many people are home or you know i, I was saying like well everyone's myself, home now probably working from home yeah maybe i am annoying people <laughs> on a consistent basis <laughs> well yeah uh, I could get better headphones. Maybe that's one solution. Or like, just like, what, I'm thinking, what am I thinking of? Like a sweatband or something like that. Yeah. But maybe that's the ha- solution, actually. Hanging a bit lower on your head. I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Get a, a plastic bag, like Blind Boy. Put that <laughs> over your head. <laughs> yeah. Or just put the music down a bit, maybe. Or else find somewhere else to skip, realistically. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But there's there's no, there's no places to skip. That is uh, tough. It's a tricky one. <laughs> I'd have to get in my car, drive somewhere and skip like a a church car park i've skipped there before um, <laughs> it's just really hard to find places to skip where do other people do it you, you need, sk- you need skipping it. forums uh well ideally you do it in a gym or so, or something but um like you need concrete you need a hard surface to skip so you can't go to a green area you need like a concrete kind of communal area and they're few and far between um yeah, it is a conundrum, Oliver. <laughs> so if the listener has any solutions or suggestions for me, we'd love to hear from you at feckincheckin at gmail.com or at feckincheckin on Twitter. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Right you are. Right you are. Okay, so we're moving on now on the feck and check-in, and it's C for culture, and that is another one of your choices this week, Toomey. So why don't you lead us out in what the culture point is for uh, episode 25? Oh, uh, the culture point. I can't remember. I think it's the death of sincerity. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't think that. I know it because I have it written out it. here in front of me. The death of sincerity. Yeah, I was thinking about this in terms of podcasts uh, in particular. Uh podcasting or podcasts are supposed to be one of the most like kind of sincere forms of entertainment well in my my view it's like it's not professionally edited sometimes you get to know the real human being and i just think sometimes when they read out those ads it just for me it ruins the whole sincerity thing and it makes me it makes me think that the whole thing is is going towards what radio was like with all these ads and it's just it's just quite jarring when they start off their podcast and then without changing tone a lot of podcasts will just go straight into an ad with no warning and then yes. you're like oh, it takes you like 10 seconds or five seconds ago oh that's an ad um and i find those ones the most kind of annoying um but yeah it's just it's so insincere and i think this is a trend that's uh like been extended to other forms of entertainment well it didn't start with podcasting but multiple forms of entertainment seem to be quite insincere these days yeah okay i can relate to that so i i used to listen i don't really listen anymore but i used to listen to chris jericho's podcast a lot excuse me and uh he would uh do his podcast this is what jericho used to do right this used to really bother me okay (laughs) 
So he'd be interviewing somebody. Let's say he was interviewing Lance Storm or or something, right? And he'd be like, uh, "Okay, so you were in Calgary and blah blah blah." And then then he'd drop in a new sound clip, pretending that he was still having a conversation with Lance, and he'd be like, "Okay, and I want to hear about Calgary, Lance." But what I also want the listener to hear about is me undies. Yes, uh. I'm talking about me undies. This is a custom made underwear service that will deliver underwear directly to your home, uh. and he pretends like the conversation is continuous. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, that that really used to bother me because you're not fooling anybody, Jericho. You know, kayfabe is dead. <laughs> why are they doing this? Bill Simmons, the basketball podcast, is another one that does that. Why why do they, why not just say right? We're going to do ads now and take a break. Why do they, why do they feel they have to trick us in this way? Uh, I know, and it's like it's so um, insulting to the listener. It's like okay, I want to keep talking about that lens, but what I also want to talk about is uh, blue chew. And you're like, oh, fuck <laughs> off, Jericho, please. Just Yeah, just drop it in like a commercial break. Nobody will care. But you know why I think that is? Because people fast forward and skip ads on uh, podcasts. And I think that if Jericho drops it into the conversation, and it's not just him, it's loads <clears> of other people, it's it takes you, catches you off guard. You're like, oh, he's still speaking. Oh, he's just talking about a product now. Okay, all right. And then it's it's not it's not as noticeably an ad as if he said, "Okay, we're going to do a commercial break, and we'll be back in two minutes." Everyone would skip that. Nobody would listen to it. Like, yeah, um, you're being so tricked I think into it. I think it's a calculated way of trying to make the ad seamless. But if it, if he was actually trying to make it seamless, then he should actually insert it into the live conversation with the person he's interviewing. And some some podcasts do that as well. In fairness, but obviously. Oftentimes, these podcasts are recorded weeks or months in advance, and he doesn't know who his advertisers are going to be when he's recording in June and the episode is released in August. So uh, then they have to drop them in like that. Yeah, even the ones when they they drop it into normal conversation with the guest and have it back and forth. I find like I feel sorry for the guest in that position because they're not quite ready for it and they're like confused by it. And then they're like, oh, yeah, he's been he's doing his ads. Yeah, and then like so, um, there's another like I listen I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts. There's a guy who does like he does a podcast with Eric Bischoff, and uh, he will drop in like advertisements for Blue Chew, or he he this same guy he does a uh, podcast with Eric Bischoff, Jim Ross, Aaron Anderson, lots of old wrestling kind of figures from back in the day, and uh, he's like uh starts talking about blue chew which is a chewable form of viagra basically and i don't want to hear jim ross talking about using Vi- viagra <laughs> my god i've got an erection this is heinous um but yeah no it's it's like oh, it's and, and and then they have this conversation it's like do you remember when you used to all it took was a stiff breeze to get you in action uh well you can have that now with blue chew and then jim ross would be like well you know sometimes a fellow needs a little assistance in that department and he's like saying it but not saying it and you're like oh my, this is torture oh god that sounds horrible and another one related to that is david mcwilliams podcast which i was there from episode one episode one no ads whatsoever uh patreon page from the start great i was on board with that even though i didn't become a patreon member i like the strategy and then um now it's at the stage where they have an a cast you know those a cast recommends blah, 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 at the start yeah. of a podcast they have one of those and then they have you think the episode is starting so dave mcwilliams and the guy surname davis uh have a back and forth but it turns out they're actually talking about uh advertisement they're talking about a, a course in economics you know what's great yeah i know it's great yeah this course in economics and it just confuses you um yeah so it's just i, I don't know when you see the podcast changing as well over time uh, they lose their sincerity but as we've discussed off air that's kind of uh like we understand that people need to do advertising 
Yeah, I mean, it's the monetization model of of podcasts. Like, and I said this to you off air as well. Like, let's say let's let's say Feck and Metal took off and it was getting thousands of downloads or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then the opportunity. Let's. I'm going to be completely honest here. If the opportunity came up to monetize the Feck and Check in so that I could earn as much money as I do now for my actual job or more. I would quit my job and I would do a podcast. We, we'd be doing the back and forth banter. <laughs> we'd be doing the ads. We do ten of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry, I missed a bit of your audio there. I didn't until the end. Sorry, I didn't know what you're saying. But yeah, exactly. I, I would be doing that exactly. Um, yeah. Because, like, r- realistically, what is better, doing something you love and having a few ads, or doing something that's not necessarily your lifetime passion or goal? And like. <laughs> Jesus, uh, I, I want to be careful about how I fucking phrase this now. But um, <laughs> you could see advertising as selling out to the man, but you're st- at least you're still doing something that you're creating from scratch that you love and is your absolute passion. Whereas if you work for some other company, you're selling out to the man every day of the week, nine to five, Monday to <laughs> yeah. Friday. Yeah. So like, you know, which is worse? Maybe the podcasting thing is a bit gaudy, a bit tacky. Uh, but at the same time, if you're if you're working in a company that is not your lifetime passion, it might be a lovely company to work for. You might really enjoy working there, but it's not your you, it's not your creation. It's not your art. It's not your it's not your fucking uh, muse. Let's say so. You're essentially selling out to the man every day of the week, all day, every day for years, for forty years. Yeah, here at PC World, we provide the best ever laptops. Blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. that's a sellout. Yeah. The other thing. I wanted to point out about this is the right way to do it on podcasting. Oh, okay. An example of that, and that is the Bill Burr podcast. He completely takes the piss out of the ads. He does all the ads, but he calls them the reads. For, for, well, that's kind of quirky, and I it's funny, right? Okay. I'm gonna get onto the reads now. <laughs> and he does them like in a. He has like me undies, me undies. He just like does because like does he weird actually songs and does he do me undies? He does me undies. He does me undies. He does uh, <laughs> Zip Recruiter. And oh, Zip Recruiter, this, they all do those, yeah. I'm going to attempt to impersonate him. He does this thing where he says Zip Recruiter in a, in a trademark way now, where you look forward to him advertising Zip Recruiter. So he does it like this, and I'm going to get it wrong, and it won't be that funny, but here's a representation of it. Zip Recruiter! Okay. <laughs> I get you, yeah. No, let me try it again. Zip <laughs> all right okay Sorry. I, I don't listen to that podcast but i i know I, I understand it It becomes a part of the show like. yeah exactly yeah but see do you know what i think is funny right all of these people claim to have personal investment in these products or services so if i'm listening to jericho's podcast stone cold's podcast um any of the um conrad thompson ones like i was talking about jr um aaron anderson and all they're like no i really like this product i have one of them in my home i, I use this every oh, day God, well yeah. all of the same fucking companies like zip recruiter and me undies and does your man do dollar shave club for yes. any chance yes, yes he does so, <laughs> so like how can all of these celebrities conveniently stamps.com i haven't heard that one oh, no sorry. but how can they all conveniently like uh all of the same companies all the time to a deadline every week uh, and have personal experiences with these companies. That's not possible. So there's an element of, of fucking uh, tomfoolery going on here. It's completely. And then it just reminds me there of uh, Acast recommends each week. We pick out a podcast that we recommend. No, you don't. You, I don't know. There's some sort of behind the, the door or under the carpet payment thing going on. That Under the carpet. <laughs> under the carpet. 
That's a phrase I was looking for. Have a look under the carpet there. You recommend this this random podcast, which happens to have prepared a 30 second intro and preview to their podcast? Yeah. No, you haven't. Yeah. But if Dollar Shave Club wants to contact me yeah. to advertise on feckin' metal or me undies, I'll wear your fucking undies and I'll shave for a dollar or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. I fast forward it. Um, but yeah. But, but Trader, do you know what's been really helping me recently when I'm posting my, my letters? Tell me. When I go on to stamps.com, <laughs> it just saves so much time than going down to the post office and getting a, a post. Sometimes they give, give me the wrong stamps. But with stamps.com, I can go on, I can download it and I can print it out right in my living room. Wow. Right in your living room? Yeah. Stamps.com. Surely not right in your living room. That's unbelievable. I must check out stamps.com. <laughs> yeah. I hope the listener does too. <laughs> There's a freebie, Stamps. <laughs> Holla back. Holla back at us. At stamps.com. That's brilliant. Um, The death of sincerity in podcasting. Yeah. Um, so we're going to move on to the final uh, topic, which is K for Kernel of Truth. So what's your Kernel of Truth for this week, Toomey? Live your best life. I this will is not. Gonna be a, Yes, this is going to be a sneery look at the phrase, I'm living my best life or live your best life. Um, looking at the, the kind of origins of this phrase, it seems to have uh, graced the cover of a September th- 2005 book comprising the best articles from O, the Oprah magazine. Ugh. Uh, so 2005 is when it was originated by Oprah or popularized, I should say. It's probably as uh, predated then. Um, and I'm just reading an article here about it on the website highsnobiety.com. Um, and it says here, a quick Google search of the phrase, meanwhile, delivers 6.1 billion results, including articles, books, social media accounts and websites dedicated to helping you do just that. So Live your best life. Um, so I've just noticed this phrase myself in the last couple of years, like on social media quite a lot. Um, and people tend to say, I'm living my best life right now. There'll be a picture of them with like in a, in a really hot place or on the beach or something, or there's some sort of life event or they've graduated from college or they've achieved something. They're boasting, basically. So they and went they on say, a fucking hike or something. Yeah, they went on a hike. They're on the top of a mountain. I'm living my best life. And there's a few things that that kind of annoy me about this. And I'll just say one for now is just like, like mechanically, I just phrases that mechanically don't make sense really annoy me. Doesn't make sense. No, you're right. Yeah. How many lives do you have? Like I'm living my best life. Is it a, is it a, is it a uh, reference to reincarnation that that (laughs) they've had lots of different lives that they've been like rabbits in previous lives and hamsters and this is their best life that they're living? Do, yeah. Are they are they referring to living different lives in parallel that like they could be doing other things, but this is the best life out of all of the other lives? Like I know mm. the scientific theories behind that, that we could be in like there's an infinite number of universes the, or something. These people don't know that. <laughs> these people don't know. And they're just saying it. I'm living my best life right now. And it's just everywhere now. I just, I just, just one of those ones that, that annoys me. So I, I don't know if you've come across it yourself much. Or oh yeah, no, I have come across it and I've used it. I've used the thing jokingly and insincerely uh, as a phrase, but with a, with a sneering kind of a 
approach as well. And so it's, it's worth pointing out at this point that uh, the kernel of truth is usually uh, sickeningly uh, earnest. earnest. So it's nice to have a, a sneering one every so often. But uh, yeah, no, I've seen it. Yeah, mainly on social media, Facebook. Um, and it, it's 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 really uh, like um, how would I say it's it's. <laughs> Smarmy, sling you, smarmy up. It strikes me as kind of smarmy, and it's it doing it's doing a lot of things at the same time. So it's boasting about what you're doing, uh, publicly displaying that, trying to look down on other people who aren't living their best life, making yourself the bastion of like fucking um, life fulfillment. <laughs> yeah, like, just it's doing all of these things simultaneously, and it it's the kind of it encapsulates the smug condescension of social media at its worst i think yes <laughs> that sums it up it's 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 usually boasting about doing something and it's it also uh like mirrors the 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 normalization <laughs> isn't it <laughs> the, what did i have a few weeks ago the normalization of manipulation yeah well this week, it's, it's the normalization of narcissism on social media is encapsulated in this phrase. That narcissism, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Live, living my best life and a photo of you living your best life is completely normal. Like, like that's where we are now in 2020. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's gone. It's gone full, full narcissism. Yeah, it's 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 not pleasant uh, to look at or to read, and and then you see people that you actually like posting up stuff like that. It's it's one of the reasons I avoid Instagram. Uh, I do have an account. I don't use it. Um, I signed up to it to follow a few famous people, but I don't even reference that anymore. Like, but in, Instagram to me seems to be the most shallow and narcissistic uh, social media platform that there is, because it's all about posting photographs. So it's like, look at how great I am. Look at how great me and my family are. Look at us with our toddler. Look at us walking around <laughs> Spain. Look at us going on a hike. Aren't we the, fucking brilliant? We're like, at the theatre. I'm eating an avocado sandwich. Yeah, and like, uh, as you said on a previous episode, couldn't you have just kept that to yourself in your own photo collection? <laughs> yeah. And like, look, I've posted, posted photos on social media as well before, right? But I think I like to reserve it to times where it's of a celebratory nature. So let's say I was at a festival with a few people or something like that. I might post that up. Or, I don't know, I'm trying to think. I have posted photos, but I've never framed them under that yeah, sen- I d- se- I d- sentence. I, th- I think that sentence is is kind of, you're rating how good your life is. And, the and you're really you're- look, you're looking down on other people who you probably know who don't have that good a life. And you really want to make them feel worse than you really yeah and that's the difference like someone could post up something about a life event but to add the comment i'm living my best life first of all it says that i'm doing you're kind of saying i'm doing brilliant here but in different language and as you indicated there you're kind of saying i'm living the best life i'm better than you i'm better than you yeah so it's it's it really as i said it encapsulates the normalization of narcissism on social media I wonder when. I wonder is there ever going to be like a, um, uh, what's the word? Um, a revolution, like a social media revolution, where people just kind of leave it on mass and are like all of a sudden like, hold on a second, we're being cunts. Yeah, I, I think so. I, you just, I don't know. I, it's really hard to predict because, like, new norms get created. Like when when children grow up and teenagers grow up, this just is their reality. Whereas for us, like me and you and our group of friends in general, never got into Instagram. And when it came out, we didn't really understand it. 
like mm. because it was solely about photos and showing off and yeah. that just didn't appeal to i think people of our generation whereas people who are younger don't even question that they just kind of go along with it i think yeah that's true and yeah. and at, at the same time they're products of their environment as well like yeah we were born into an era when video games were normal but like i don't think my parents understood video games it's not a great comparison but put it just to kind of give an example is that i used to spend hours all day inside all day playing video games and they'd be like would you not go outside and like we might look at somebody today going you're taking selfies you're posting everything you've ever done on social media would you not just put your phone down for a few minutes and do something else yeah (laughs) and i don't know it's not it's not an excellent comparison but i think society just evolves so quickly all the time like and you're you're a product of the environment you're born into and it I, I think for something like that type of revolution to happen, it would have to have the people who are currently in it, the young people, and the people who know of a world when it didn't exist, yeah. all banding together and going, hold on, this is bollocks. <laughs> yeah, they're the ones who dictate it. I think what's slightly shocking is when you get older, you, you when you're young, you think you'll always be with it. But then yeah. it's like, as Homer Simpson said, I, I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. And yeah. now what what is it seems confusing and scary to me i think it was grandpa simpson but oh was it yeah oh oh, was it um but like there's something really shocking about just not getting it like there's one thing looking at something and going that's not cool or i'm not into that type of music or whatever or objectively i think that like that music or that form of rap music for example i can kind of get my head around that but it's just when culture changes so much Mm. it's it's almost like i i just completely missed this and i i just don't get it yeah i I actually had a chat with jerry on the feckin metal episode this week about a extreme heavy metal and we were just talking about how we didn't get that either being like much more old school and but then I, i at one point i went i feel like such an old bastard now and he was like don't say you're an old bastard for like having a preference but I, but I explained it by saying, yeah. no, I do feel like that because it feels like what my parents would have said to me when I was younger, when I was listening to the music I liked, saying, that's just noise. I am now doing that. <laughs> like, that's what I'm now doing. Yeah. Yeah, we're all doing that. Like, we just don't get it. And you just, I don't know, it just happens when you get older, you start looking down on the younger people. You just have to, and if you notice that, you, you kind of have to stop it a bit, don't you? Or it will, you'll become that grumpy old bastard. Yeah, but but sometimes the younger people are, are just wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no children here in the 4-H club either. Am I out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. Yeah. And it was a Blind Boy uh, podcast. He analyzed this quite well uh, a few months ago. And he was saying that like the new generations, they always pivot. So they're trying to differentiate themselves, in his view, from the previous generation. So... Like he, he gives an example of the, the 80s and 90s was like the yuppie generation. And then the mid 90s was kind of like the stoner generation. Um, so like it, I can't remember what the following ones on from that were. But he was just saying how it's it seems to be part of human nature that the young people don't want to be like the older people. So the young people eventually become the people in their 30s. And then the, six, the 16 or the people in their teens don't want to be like the people in their 30s anymore. Like, So they don't want to be like us anymore. Yeah, I, do you know what? I think there's a name for this. And I think it's been going on since like ancient Greek and Roman times. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember what it's called. But it's basically every new generation thinks that the... Um, or sorry, every generation thinks that the new generation are way worse and doomed, basically. Yeah. And that when they were young, everything was better and different and... Uh, what we did was a lot more wholesome, basically. Yeah. So like rose tinted glasses and like 
you think maybe to go back to your point, maybe with social media, the new generation might say social media and taking photos of yourself. That was the older people. We're not into that. We're more even more woke than they are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's going to be next? Fucking hell. Keep keep your eyes peeled. Eyes yeah. peeled. Um, oh no, eyes peeled is right. Yeah, it's the one thing you'd, I suppose, not having kids, you, you don't really get to see that. You're like, uh, you don't know what's coming down the line. And then it kind of, it, it blindsides you. Like some yeah. fucking, something like on a Fortnite. 4 p.m. on an idle Tuesday. What the hell is Fortnite? I don't understand what's going on. What? I, I well, Fortnite. I don't, I don't even know what Fortnite is either. Sorry. It's a game. It's like a role-playing game, but I, I, do, I don't understand what the concept of it is. And then things like Minecraft become it so popular. I was yeah. playing Minecraft with my nephew, so I understand that now. But yeah. like, it's the only reason I do is because he's eight and he has a video game on the Xbox and I was playing it with him. But before that, I had got a notion what it was, yet I kept hearing about it. So uh, being around younger people will, will bring you in to that, I think, a bit. Yeah, it, it is interesting. And then like, maybe again one of the final points (laughs) is i think what's happened is fame has become completely accessible to everybody if they really want to achieve some sliver of fame even ourselves with this podcast i'm thinking of youtube uh performers or youtube people who just do blogs or videos of themselves playing the ukulele or videos of themselves doing reviews of music like everybody i don't know it's the decentralization of fame that every, every the normalization of, fame. normalization of <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like that is complete that's when i think of it now that is maybe the main difference between us and the younger generations fame used to be a thing that was only available to people who had talent or people who had connections there was only a, a small amount of people who could be famous but now everybody can have some form of fame yeah i think we talked about this on a previous episode maybe the tiktok mm. one or this tiktok one actually yeah on yeah, open us true. podcast yeah oh open us was it jesus that's gone back a long time um mm. yeah but yeah no you're right yeah uh that's but yeah i don't know there's no coherent point during any of that by the way that was <laughs> quite rambling um but it was a it was a very good conversation nonetheless <laughs> yeah. just point after point about getting old i think yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. Good chat. It. We're nearly thirty-five now. We're fucked. Yeah, we're fucked. I remember when I was younger, like, um, and my brother was like, what, in his mid twenties. I thought that was so unbelievably old. Uh, and now, like, we're thirty-five, and to somebody like an eight-year-old or a seven-year-old, we must seem like crusty old fucks. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're ancient and crusty old, gone grey. Don't know what fucking Fortnite is fucks don't understand tiktok and if we do it's even worse it's cringy when we understand TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh i saw i saw a tiktok there yeah that was a great tiktok <laughs> oh god and uh uh going back to what we were saying about at the very start about milestones i think 35 actually is one i think it's crept up on me because i wasn't thinking about my age from like 32 33 34 mm. but 35 is just like ah well, it's it's a market research demographic milestone, definitely. I worked in market research for several years, so um, yeah. it goes uh, fifteen to twenty-four, twenty-five to thirty-four, and thirty-five to forty-nine. Uh, oh, so we've no. we've aged fifteen years by aging one. Yeah, we're in the we're middle aged pretty much. We're we're lumped in with middle age, certainly. <laughs> we're very, our opinions very close are just to, <laughs> to companies conducting market research. Our opinions are just as valid as a forty-nine-year-old's. <laughs> the old the old farts. Yeah, ask so, them. 
That's that's kind of harsh, isn't it? It is harsh. Yeah. Anyway. Well. <laughs> well, that's the facts of life. Oh, sorry. Jesus, the song of the week. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. It was your choice for song of the week. So what is the song of the week this week to me? Week, 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 week. <laughs> the song of the week for this week is uh, chosen by me. It is a performance, a live performance by Tracy Chapman on David Letterman's last show in 2015. And I came across this uh, recently, just, uh, I suppose, randomly on YouTube. It turned out to be a viral sensation uh, because of the obviously the quality of it but what i took from it was like how emotional uh tracy chapman performs this iconic and overplayed song but she (laughs) she she kind of makes it very fresh and the inflections she puts on some of the notes are really good and it's very simple she just just her and the guitar and i think it's really really good and uh i was just thinking as well about tracy chapman in general i'd never really got into her but after hearing this and fast car live versions of that recently, I actually want to go back and do that. And I, I, I was just wondering, have you heard much of Tracy Chapman? We yeah, we we would have had one of her albums in my house when I was growing up. Um, I think it was her self titled first album. I think it was out around eighty eight. I think I might be slightly off there. Um, but yeah, it's a very bare bones, minimalistic album. You know, it's her on a guitar, and there's not much backing instrumentation or anything like that. But the song lyrics are excellent. She's a really good voice, and it's just raw. And very emotional. And that's I think that's what she specializes in. Although I have to say I've never really listened to anything else that she's done other than that album, but it's her most well known album. But uh, that that album is excellent, so I've always really liked that. And yeah. I've been a fan of that one, definitely. Yeah, it's really uh it was a hit as an album. I think she sort of faded into the obscurity a bit after that. I, I think her albums were kind of critically rated quite highly, but for some reason she didn't seem to generate like fandom. Yeah, the commercial uh, success. Commercial success, yeah. Okay, very good. Okay, let's finish up with Tracy Chapman. Uh, that's been the Feckin' Check-In, episode number 25, which is a milestone, whether you like it or not. <laughs> uh, so we're going to leave it there. Toomey, any final words for the listener? Thank you, listener, and feck off. When the night has come And the land is dark And the moon is the only like we see No, I won't be afraid No, I won't be afraid Just as long as you stand Stand by me Oh, darling, darling, stand by me Stand by me Oh, stand Stand by me If the sky we look upon Should tumble and fall Or the mountains Should crumble to the sea I won't cry, I won't cry, no, I won't shed a tear, just as long as you stand, stand by me, oh darling, darling, stand by me, oh stand by me.
Stand by. 